0: My show was like Howard Stern meets Oprah. Now, I do a lot more Howard, and I'm actually... Okay, I'll save that for another show (laughs) anyway. You know, I'm I'm working on my OnlyFans. Anyhow, uh, today is all about... Taking a deep breath, meditation, in a new fall book for you to curl up with a pumpkin spice latte and read. Alex L. is a writer. She has written four books. She is an established poet from the D.C. area, small business owner, and her career focuses not only heavily on writing, but holistic healing from the inside out. Today, she's my guest. Alex and I met a couple of years ago at a podcast studio. And ever since then, I've been trying to get her on the show. And, you know, then life gets crazy and I dropped the ball. And and so I'm lucky enough to have talked to her agent and publicist. And I said, look, she's got a book out after the rain. And I really want to have her on. This book, After the Rain, is really like eight different stories about her life. Courage, spirit, um, change. And what struck me in the very first chapter that I really liked is really accountability. And I think that's something that's so hard for all of us to do, to actually take accountability. I know for me, I'm still doing it. And I think I talk about it fair amount on this show, but even looking back on my time at Hot 99.5, which was such a gift because so many of you, the reason I have thousands of downloads on this podcast is because so many of you from The Kane Show now listen to me. So, But taking accountability for my part too in that time that I was there has been a challenge. So my interview with her is coming up, but of course I want to thank our sponsors. You know the best way to support this podcast is to frequent our sponsors. Saucy.com is a free app or website that you can go to. They deliver alcohol in major cities all across the country in 30 minutes or less. So you can always keep the party going. And hey, you know what? Sorry, but they're going to check your ID when you show up. You get $10 off your first order. So use it. HeyFrage.com if you're in D.C., New York City, Chicago, Los Angeles, and numerous other cities across the country. You can take advantage of Fabulous Saucy. Also, RNG Insurance. Want to (laughs) save... I mean, oh my God, $20, $30, $40 a month on your car insurance? Got to talk to my guy, David Gorman. Schman and I did. Schman and I now pay less than $100 for full car coverage. It's amazing. And if you don't, if you have a less than stellar driving record like I do, I mean, I've lost my license in the past, y'all. Don't worry. David is able to shop you around. That's how RNG insurance gets great rates. They don't have to stick with one carrier, they have multiple. Not only that, even if you listen to us, because I get messages all the time, people listen to us from New York State, Tampa, Florida, New York City, um, Delaware, and beyond. Well, they cover multiple states, 30 of them. So check out RNGinsurance.com. They're known for auto. Uh, David Gorman, also known as the Gormanator (laughs) of car insurance, will help you out. Okay, here she is, Alex L. Um, Oh my God, she's finally here. This motivational voice... (laughs) I am so honored, and I have to apologize because over the years, I think I met you two years ago randomly when we were at a podcast yeah. studio. Yeah. And then we went back and forth about you know getting you on the show, and then something would happen, and I wouldn't email. So I am sorry, and I am glad that you are finally here because I'm a huge fan.
1: Oh my gosh, divine, Devon. Divine, divine. divine timing and alignment—no worries at all. I'm excited to chat with you.
0: So, Alex L, you know her probably from her Instagram, which has just become so huge. I mean, even Hillary Swank follows you.
1: I mean, I, I, I love Hillary. I love her. She's amazing.
0: She is amazing, but of course, when I would be, you know, if I were you, writing those amazing notes, I'd be so damn nervous. Like, what do I write? If she's looking, I'd be
1: totally nervous. <laughs> <laughs> I think just keeping it authentic is how people relate. Doesn't matter if they're a celebrity or. Not, which is why I do what I do. Everybody can relate everybody's human on some level on yep. all levels, actually
0: <laughs> yes. oh my god. well, your your new book because we're going to talk a lot about that because I loved the lessons, and so many of them resonated with my own life after the rain. Um and just you, you know, you've been so transparent. I know the book is, the book is great. I got it's to- beautiful.
1: It's really beautiful. I have to say, like my publisher did an amazing job. Awesome.
0: Now, you've written four books. Is this one of your favorites? Because I got to tell you, it's a page-turner. Like, I, I, every chapter, I'm like, okay, what's she going to reveal now?
1: <laughs> um, it is. I, I have been joking with my editor and agent that it's my big girl book because it's a There's an extension of vulnerability in these pages from my childhood to my relationship with my mother, to my marriage, to trying to conceive all the things intertwined. And it's definitely, you know, I told myself I would not write this book um, until I was I was ready and feeling a sense of calm and healing. So this is absolutely my favorite. And I'm also with an amazing publisher. So it like that just makes everything feel really at home.
0: So one of the things I, you know, I've read the book and one of the things that struck me is your accountability in the book. And I love in the first couple of chapters, you talk about how you were a bad
1: employee. (laughs) That's my favorite chapter. Change is what opens, change is what opens the book. And it is my favorite chapter because it really gives people an inside look of like where I came from. And also, you know, that I, I had, I had, and I still have my moments of of flaws and and faults, and it just gives that sense of kind of resonance, and I I love that chapter. Well, my favorite.
0: I thought it was great because you know we're both DC women, and and you were born and raised in Maryland, right? Yeah. Born and raised mm-hmm. in Maryland. I, I've lived in DC a long time. And I just thought the, the, um, accountability, cause I've been a terrible employee too. It, it, when I was doing jobs that I didn't want to do, like I worked at this nursing home once and then I just decided I was going to go on vacation. And my <laughs> supervisor called, she's like, you're supposed to be working a shift. And I was like, yeah, I know. But, um, I just really decided I was going to go to Connecticut on vacation. <laughs> she's like, you're fired. I'm like, <laughs> so, uh, but, you know what? Here, here's the thing. What I enjoy about you and your brand is a lot of people were in an era where people do not want to be accountable. You know, it's easy to blame someone else. So mm. what was some turning points for you where you started to go, okay, well, I guess I am actually a bad employee.
1: Mm. So when I was working, I haven't had a, I've been self-employed for eight years and um, I knew that I wanted to work for myself. I just didn't know if it was sustainable. I didn't know if I could do it. There was a lot of self-doubt there. Um, and accountability has to start with us. Everything. I'm a big believer in people who have taken my workshops and read my work and are clients of mine. They know that I'm a big believer and everything has to start at home and we are home. So a a big turning point was like committing to, I don't want to give too much away, but committing to the last job I ever had and really trying to show up and be this um, employee that I knew that I needed to be. And having a boss who completely ripped me apart and actually forced me out the door um, with a really we had a really bad blowout. Well, he did. And I gracefully bowed out and have never gone back to a job ever since. I don't want to give it away, but it really had, I had to, I had to be the one to say, Hey, something has got to change for when I was an employee. And then after the fact, so that's why it's called change. (laughs) Something had got to change.
0: I thought that was great because I think it takes people a very long time in life to have And even like I look back at like my radio jobs and stuff and at first when I left and Was very angry about a toxic work environment you know it was always how awful management Was to me or how awful my co-host was but over the years you begin to reflect and you Think of things that you did that you could have done differently and I love that Mm -hmm. because I don't think you hear a lot of people say that you know they really don't It's, it's always about somebody else's fault you know.
1: Well it's it's hard to do our work, our soul work. You know, I'm I am someone who is an advocate for self-care, who is a believer that self-care is community care and that being our best self requires us to show up in our soul work. So we can't do that if we're not willing to take accountability for our actions.
0: And Alex, what was the first moment cuz you talk about therapy that therapy initially changed you and set you on this amazing path of just being so vulnerable and transparent and really truly living your gift as a writer um but did did a friend of yours say hey you should go to therapy because you had a very difficult childhood what was the tipping Mm -hmm. point
1: i knew that i had a lot of stuff to heal from and um, my first daughter, who is going to be 13, my goodness, in November, um, I knew that something had to had to shift and change for me to be the woman I wanted to be for myself and for her. Um, so I, I walked into my therapist's office, the one who I attribute to giving me my tool of writing to heal um, when I was 19. And my daughter was one at that point. And now I'm married. I have three daughters and I'm 31 and life has changed completely, but it wasn't without the permission from this amazing therapist that I had, Miss who taught me that I can write to heal. I've always been a writer, but it was always kind of sad, depressing poetry. You know what I mean? Like it wasn't necessarily to heal myself and to find my answers and her being able to say, Hey Alex, you are here in my chair because you're ready to do your work and you're also capable of finding your answers. I'm just here to guide you to them. That was a game changer. And to know that I could heal myself by speaking my truth on the page was another awesome gift.
0: Yeah. Therapy is such a gift. And what do you say to clients and fans of yours who are reluctant to get it, because I think mm. even though there's the stigma is going away and I think people realize how valuable therapy is and, and we all need it, even if you had a what would be a good childhood. Um, mm. So what do you advise people to do? Because a lot of people are very hesitant. They don't want to go there.
1: Mm. I mean, it's not for everybody. And I'm not one to say, hey, go find a therapist If it's not for you, Um, but because I am a writer, I will say, hey, open up your journal and and take your pain to the page and then greet it with curiosity. How can I heal from this? How do I want to heal from this? Because oftentimes we have no idea how to even start the healing process. So greeting ourselves with this curiosity is what I teach in my courses and in my retreats. You don't have to know the answer. You can just do your best to say, here's what I know I want. How can I lean into that? So, yes, therapy is great for some people, but also it's not for others. And that is fine. Maybe it's a mentor. Maybe it's your journal. Maybe it's exercise. It's a a group dance class or something. Like, who knows what your therapy can look like? It doesn't necessarily have to be the traditional way of doing things.
0: I love that because you really do have to try. You almost have to customize life, right? You have to customize it for yourself, even though Mm. some people can kind of give you a roadmap, but it's really what works for you.
1: And, what yeah, you and you have to trust yourself. You have to trust yourself That's a big part of showing up in our healing work is that self-trust aspect of things
0: And uh, so tell me this one of the chapters too, you, know And and you said that you have some really hard conversations In this book because you talk about loved ones too and and things that have happened One of the big ones is your relationship with your mom and and you disclose yeah. a lot about that um I had read that you actually sat down with her to tell her and have her read the book. What did yeah. What did she say to you because there's some tough stuff that you know you grew up like you felt like you were not loved when you were a kid and and it mm-hmm. sounds like there was some serious abuse at times and your grandmother had to step in. So mm-hmm. how did that conversation go cuz that must have been really tough?
1: Um it went beautifully actually. And I think that goes hand in hand hand in hand with the healing that my mom is doing, um, and something I wanted to do in this book. I know that as a writer, I carry other people's stories, not just my own. So when I'm writing these stories, when I was writing these stories, I wanted to make sure that I was intertwining other people's stories in a way that was graceful and tasteful, and rooted in love and compassion for them. Mm. Um, and I think that's really important. It's easy to be like. I didn't feel loved, and you know it can be this whole big whirlwind of of victimhood, and that's not something I was really interested in leaning into. Um, so, I gave my mom a copy of the book. Uh, she knew that it was it was coming. I bookmarked the pages that had our stories in them, and I wrote her a, a beautiful letter. And I said, I'm I'm looking forward to sitting down and having some open conversations, woman to woman about these stories. And that's exactly what happened. Um, My mom and I's relationship has come a very long way. I now can look at my mother as a woman and a human being walking through this world with her own stories and her own struggles and not just my mother, right? So that's really where the grace and compassion comes into play. And also she's an amazing grandmother to my three girls. And I think it's only right that healing is at the forefront of how we move through things as two women. Um, so the conversation went really beautifully and I'm so proud of her for being vulnerable enough to say, Hey, I screwed up on a lot of different things and I didn't know I was what I was doing. And I tried my best and I dropped the ball and I'm sorry. Um, that counts for something. And that is how the door of healing opens up with being vulnerable with one another.
0: Yeah, I thought that was terrific. And I, I thought what else was amazing too in the book is you talk about your mother in law who um you know was so influential in your life and really because I think as you get older, you do have to begin to see your parents as just human beings. And, you know, they did the best they could with what they had you know which is it's hard to shift that mentality um but your mother-in-law also said to you you know that basically to forgive your mom right that she was a she's a person too that did the best she could
1: mhm yeah and my mother-in-law man she she passed away 4 years ago um but the time that i had with her was really stretching um and to see her with my husband and his two siblings and just what the unconditional love looked like and felt like from an outsider looking in and then to be to be thrusted into that um family with so much love thrown at me it was really hard at first because i wasn't used to that but it was really beautiful and i remember she said you know your mother is just a woman just like i am just like you are and she was also a woman of faith mm-hmm. so you know that had a lot to do with Her beliefs and the grace and things that she would extend to other people Even if it wasn't a perfect situation or if it was a hard and challenging situation
0: I know and that I loved that chapter that actually almost made me tear up just because I feel like She just must have been such a great Person, you know, um all the lessons and gifts she gave to you guys
1: Yeah, she was amazing. I miss her
0: I bet. Um, Talk to me about, you know, I, I thought, too, it's interesting, and certainly what I've loved over the past couple of months, although it's been very difficult in this country, is we are having more equality and race discussions. And you talk about how wellness for so long has been a white woman thing, you know, really white people have kind of, how would you describe it? I guess maybe sort of Take it, had more focus on um wellness versus women of color. And you're completely blazing the trail, which I love and bringing it to the forefront. So, how has it been for you over the past couple of months and your entire career of bringing wellness to women of all colors?
1: Mm, I think me being a black woman in this work is monumental. There are so many of us, actually, I'm, I'm not the only one blazing the trail, but I am absolutely honored to be able to be in my black body and facilitate this type of healing for so many type of women, but specifically black women. Um, we are healers by nature, our ancestors were survivors and healers in their own right. And I think it's important that we lean into that. Um, And I think just because of how the world is and how white supremacy works, of course, certain things are gonna be looked at as a white thing or it's gonna be whitewashed, but it doesn't necessarily have to stay that way. And I think um, for me and the other black women and women of color in this work, we're able to give a different lens to what wellness and holistic care and self-care as community care can look like for everyone. Um, I feel really grateful to have a just really diverse audience um, and people from all walks of life in my courses, reading my books, following on Instagram, everything in between. And I think that that really speaks to everyone being a person at the end of the day and a human at the end of the day. And that I'm trusted as a woman and as a black woman to facilitate certain healing and work within this community. I call them, I, I call folks, my community, within my community.
0: And it's so true, right? At the end of the day, we all have, I mean, trauma, and, you know, we're all working to be better people or be vulnerable or to, you know, have accountability. Um, Mm -hmm. I think it's just, I loved that you said that, though, that for Black women, it's, you know, been harder, which I think is important that we still have that conversation so people know that. And how is it changing though? You know, like you said, you're one of those amazing voices and writing for women of color. Many other women are doing it too. Do you think it's getting more acceptable and easier for women of color to share their feelings, get help, talk about
1: issues? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And the common thread here, I think for, for black women um, and, and, and women in general, is like, we all are going through something, right? We're never alone in our struggle. We're not the only ones um, healing from trauma, taking our power back, um, having moments where we thought we healed from something and it comes back up to the surface, right? So that's really how people are able to link and connect. Um, And I absolutely think it's changing. This has been, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty busy in general, but this year has been so so busy for me with virtual speaking and virtual teaching and bookings and things. And it's people from all over the world. It's a global community coming together to show up for themselves, right? And and trusting me to facilitate. I don't have people's answers. I say that all the time. I'm not an expert. I just know what helped and healed me. And I'm willing to share that with you. And I'm willing to help nudge and guide you to your inner voice on the page Um, and to have a collective of people. Choose to show up and do their work, that their soul work is just. It is really amazing.
0: I know. I love, you say even the men show up, which I think is awesome. Men, yes. Men need it too. They, you know. <laughs> they do. And I, I love, I think men are getting more in touch with their emotions and letting it out and realizing, you know, they've got to work through their stuff too. So I love that you say men show up. Do you think that's the gift that COVID has given us? I know you you say in the book, and I've seen in interviews, you've been busier than ever. But do you think COVID has really forced a lot of us to look inward?
1: Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. In the best, most challenging ways possible. I think that's what I've heard a lot amongst my community and my students is like, I have to be with myself now. I've had to be with myself in new ways. Um, I miss my family. And I also know that I was busying myself with work and going out and things like that and not sitting with myself. So that is something that I hear often. And I had a friend actually tell me that this experience of quarantine has been a blessing in disguise for her. Um, And I think that that's really powerful to be able to turn something that is so intense and sad and devastating and global into a reflective moment of hope and peace. And we're we're all going through this like collective grief process, but in the same breath, there's so many of us going through a collective healing as well. And I think that's magical.
0: In the book, you um, kind of offer a lot of antidotes, asking questions, you know, for people to think about, like, what family unit means for you. But I'm curious in your own experience, when you get into a rut, right? Because we all have self-doubt. So what do you do? Because of course you present like everything is great now, that you've worked through all of your problems, that you know, you're know you so confident, and you are all those things. But I'm imagining like all of us, you have moments where you're like, I don't know, is this book going to work? Or is this the right direction? So how do you, Alex, what's your method that you do to get out of like self-doubt or um, old habits?
1: Hmm. That's a really good question. And I'd actually like to say before I answer it is that I don't present present to have it all figured out. And I think that's why people really um, connect with me is because even in my moments of self-doubt and in my moments of uncertainty, I'm honest about that. I don't have all of the answers and I am still and constantly a work in progress. And I think that that's really important for people to share because in this day and age of social media where people really pretend Right. That they have their shit together, that they know exactly what they're doing and, you know, that they have the answer. Um, it, it's it's nurturing and healing to see that, OK, yes, she has done X, Y and Z. And also she's still a work in progress. And that is really important. Um, So I just wanted to put that out there that there is no pretending or presenting like this is who I am. And I also have my shit with me right, <laughs> just right. for people listening. Um, So. For me, I mean, I'm, I'm a writer. I can't help it. I turn to the page and I really have trained myself to ask myself why. And if I'm not in the mood to write, I, I write, a I record a voice note and I literally talk myself through things. Sometimes my husband is like, are you talking to yourself? I'm like, yeah, I'm just, I'm just like working through some stuff. Or I picked up painting in the pandemic when it's been hard to kind of write for pleasure, um, Painting my gratitude circles. I'm no Picasso. I'm no (laughs) Bastia. But I love my watercolors and I love making a mess. And that's what I've been doing to like get some emotional clarity and make space for understanding myself.
0: Hero breads. Oh, my gosh. Chef's kiss. at checkout. That's T-S-F-S at H-E-R-O dot C-O. How ironic! You will be too. Hungry Roots website, so easy to use as well. You just go, you can type in a type of cuisine or if you like chicken, or you can do preset where you tell them you're vegetarian, keto, or you're a meat lover. Right now, get 40% off. My listeners are getting 40% off your first delivery and free veggies for life. Just go to HungryRoot.com TSFS and get 40% off your first delivery and get your free veggies. That's HungryRoot.com TSFS. Don't forget to use my link so they know who sent you and get 40% off right now and free veggies for life. Do you hear that? That is the sound of the brand new and delicious you Natural conception for her in their juicy strawberry gummy flavored Frasier 20. That's F-R-A-S-E-R. The number's two, zero.
1: Better and deeper. And it's not always, it's not easy ever. Like I don't, I think people have this facade about self-care being this really glamorous, lush, luxurious thing. And it's absolutely not. It's hard. It's hard as hell. And not just that latte or that manicure or that massage but like how are you breathing are your shoulders to your ears how can you drop them how can you come back home to your body and that is really where we find self-care practice it's so true that's what i do
0: if only it looked (laughs) as good as a yoga retreat
1: (laughs) right um, and even at the yoga retreat it's not all you know beautiful you know so right yeah Well,
0: I do have to say too I mean, shout out to your husband Ryan Who like, I mean, he does this work with you And is, you know, you talk so wonderfully about him in the book And I know there's lots of other things um, You know, that people need to read You have to get the book Because we don't want to reveal it all There's some very emotional and deep things But um, I, you know, isn't that one of the things with a partner? It's like you found this partner who's willing to grow with you and do this work. And that was like almost instant when you met him. How, what shifted in you to attract somebody
1: like Ryan? I shifted in me. Yeah. <laughs> I had to literally change um, because I knew what I wanted. I knew I wanted a life partner. I knew I wanted. A friendship. I knew I wanted a relationship rooted in friendship. Um, And I knew that I had to get myself together to attract what I wanted to attract in a mate, in a friend, in someone I wanted to raise my children with, um, in someone I wanted to have children with, you know? So it has not always been easy. I mean, we're human and we're flawed and we've made mistakes and we've dropped the ball and we've hurt each other's feelings and all that, but we are deeply rooted and committed to loving and respecting one another the best way that we know how and um, when we hurt each other when we have hurt each other to apologize and to come vulnerably to each other and um speak you know truthfully and honestly and i wrote in the essay validation it was my last situationship um (laughs) after meeting before meeting ryan um And that was really my period of understanding that I had to stop forcing things that did not belong in my life. And I also had to make space for growth. Like a year of just like alone. And I know people hate when I say that, oh, I have to be alone to attract what I want. No, you don't. But I did because I was a hot mess. And I knew that I wanted, um, I knew that I needed a different type of, um, Connection with self before I could be ready to love someone else and to understand that partners are not supposed to complete us. They are supposed to complement us. And I was looking for someone who was going to complement my life, not complete me. I had to complete me. Only I could do that.
0: Well, I I thought that was great. And Ryan reminded me a lot of my husband, Dan, because I always tell people one of the things I love about him is he just always shows up. You know, he always rises to the occasion. And I think that's so important in a partner. And, you know, we've been through our highs and lows. Oh, my gosh. Where did you
1: guys find that? That picture is so old. We were like (laughs) 22, 23 Wow. Well, you two are- I gonna send y'all new pictures. He hasn't <laughs> had hair anymore. He cut his hair. We are adults now. We are not kids. <laughs> I mean, we weren't kids. We were just so much younger. I
0: like it though. It's oh, hot my God. and sexy
1: That's and all the so things. so funny. <laughs> but- you want to hear a really funny story about that first black and white picture? Yes. So, oh my gosh, this was like in 2014, that photo. And everyone thought we were a lesbian couple because he had his hair up in a bun. <laughs> And we were all over these like lesbian tumblers, which is fine, like I love my LGBTQIA plus people, but it was hilarious. He was like, I don't look like a woman. I was like, well, you can't really tell. So we still laugh about this to this day. So this is so funny. Wait till I tell him you brought this up.
0: (laughs) Ryan's awesome. I mean, I just I think Ryan is just a great man that that keeps working with you and and like you said, you know, it's not about finding a partner that completes you. It's like you two growing together and it, it's just I loved reading about your relationship. I thought that was so transparent. He's amazing. Tell me this, what when people come to your retreats, what are some themes that you see for women over and over that we struggle with? Is it um is it accountability? Is it childhood trauma. What are some things that like keep coming up that you see in your work?
1: I, I think for all of us, myself included, is like this feeling of being stuck and not knowing how to unstick whatever that is. Um, and also self-trust is a big one. Like not Trusting our intuition, not knowing how. Um, and I think that's what is so amazing about writing practice is that if we're curious enough, we can find out our answers on the page. Mm-hmm.
0: Yes. Just like you keep journaling, you keep at it because eventually you'll get to the core of what that thing is, of why yeah, we don't it's listen to it.
1: And it's annoying. And like people are always, I, I get my students all the time. They're like, I'm so tired of this. I'm so tired. I'm like, I I know. I know, but let me know when you have your breakthrough and nine times out of 10, people will email me and say, Oh my God, I had my breakthrough. And some of my clients are in therapy and using their writing practice work for me alongside their therapist. Some of them are just doing this in like group settings with colleagues or family members. So I think that that really helps too. Cause then we have these accountability partners as well to like lean us In a little deeper to the work that we're doing
0: Oh, yeah, it's it's so great, you know, just I loved your book I I thought it was so amazing and um, I don't want to give too much away But I also loved your fertility journey journey, you know, I, I had a molar pregnancy miscarriage that turned into a um, pregnancy cancer and then had to have Methotrexate shots wow. and we're trying Again and so that just like resonated So deeply with me because it, it, So many women go through that and it, It's like a sadness that you And your partner it, It's hard to describe unless you've been Through it it's very very deep and you Guys really struggled for years um, Now of course you have Yeah three- we did Yeah Yeah. Three beautiful daughters, but man, you never gave up. I mean, I think what's one of the things that's so inspiring about you is you just never give up, which is awesome because I think sometimes with life, there's every turn, there's a reason to stop, you know?
1: Yeah, there is. Um, And I think for so long, I was so used to giving up on myself that it became second nature to give up. And then I had to make different choices to choose myself yeah. So I've been I've been saying a lot like self choosing has been like a prayer in my life. Oh, that's good.
0: You just pray on it to choose yourself.
1: Not even not not even pray on it because I'm not necessarily a religious person. Definitely connected to spirit, but not religious. I don't identify that way. But like that's the best way I can put it. Is that self choosing is like this prayer, this mantra, this meditation of making an intentional choice to show up as our best self, even when it's easier to quit.
0: Yeah. Alex, what is your, what's your routine every day? Oh my
1: goodness. What is my, it really depends now. You know, <laughs> I, it is, I have a 12 year old homeschooling on zoom. I have a two and a half year old. I have a one year old right now. I hear with baby stairs, somebody's doing something. I don't know. Um, so it's, it, It's wild. (laughs) We don't really have a routine. I will say, um, but I have been getting up at 530 for the past week and a half um, just to get my own sacred self-care time. It is absolutely necessary um, for me. And I was fighting that because I'm not a morning person. I was fighting that so hard. I did not want to get up early. And then last week I kind of had a a breakthrough of my own. I was just like, this is not working. Like I have so much work to do. My children still need a hundred percent of me. Um, My husband still needs a hundred percent of me and I still need a hundred percent of me. So how do I like divvy that up? And it, I just had to start getting up earlier and it's been really nice to ease into my day over the past week at 5.30, do my meditation, um, get breakfast together, do some work. And then you know, the babies get up at 7.30 religiously every day. Um, And my oldest is normally downstairs by seven. So it's just like, it's a good little moment to have to myself. So if I had to say what a routine was, it would be that as of a week ago. Oh, that's good.
0: No, that's a good discipline. And, you know, I I feel like self-care for me is about what you eat, you know, your meditation, time for yourself, time for others, reflection, journaling. Um, Are you still, you know, because I love that you said for a long time, you really resisted like a holistic way of life, but then you kind of got into eating well, meditate, so many different aspects. So Mm. what do you still eat? What do you, because I imagine you think that that's a big part of the program too, right? Like what you feed yourself also helps. Oh
1: yeah. How we nourish ourselves, how we stay hydrated. I drink water all day, every day. Um, We eat, you know, regular. I mean, I want to say regular, but we eat like grass fed meats. We eat cage free eggs. We actually recently just started shopping at the butcher for all of our meat. We no longer buy meat from the grocery store as of like two months ago. Um, And we eat, pretty keto a lot of the time. So, I mean, it's just like, we we do what's in in flow for us. Um, My little one who's one, she's still really not into food. So I'm like nursing around the clock still. So with that being the case, I have to stay nourished. I have to stay hydrated. And they're screaming downstairs. I don't know if you can (laughs) hear them. Um, They can come on up. We don't mind. Come on in the interview. (laughs) So I think, you know, eating well is so, so important. Um, Getting a lot of sleep is so, so important. And I didn't resist um, a holistic lifestyle, but I did look into it. When I turned 23, I was like, huh, I just, I wonder what this is like. I mean, I went vegan and all of those things um, as kind of like my cleanse. And then it just carried along with me. Um, So it was more so an awakening to you know, a different yeah. way of, of being in the world um, that made me feel good in my body.
0: Um, one of my last questions for you is about social media. How do you use social media? Because I think it's a curse and a gift. Um, I, I think I read where you sort of love it and hate it too. And it's like, I, I love finding amazing people like you, but then I go on and I end up comparing myself a lot of times to other people. And I'm like, this isn't serving me. How do you manage it?
1: I mean, it's really not that big a deal to me. I think people make social media a huge thing because of algorithm and hierarchy and all this stuff. It's really not a big deal to me. It is a tool in the toolbox. I call my, I mean, my Alex L page is my page, but it's a community page. So it's like not only just mine, but a place where people can be in conversation with each other. They can meet one another, dialogue with each other and dialogue with me. Uh, So it's a place that I like to just, give people the space to like be themselves and also get really positive and affirming messages because it's so easy to see the opposite online. So I always tell folks, especially entrepreneurs, like if your social media is your end all be all, then you need to revisit why you're on social media Mm -hmm. Um, because we want timeless work. We want timeless legacy work, not temporary that can be changed by a big tech company, right? So they could easily say I'm deleting Instagram and then what? Then where's your brand? Then where's your voice? You know? So um don't get too wrapped up in it. It's really not that big a deal. Oh, that's
0: great. Oh my god, I feel like that's such a great nugget of just keeping it your work is timeless and a legacy because you're right. If they delete it, it's like TikTok going away, you know? It's like <laughs> You have all these hundreds of thousands of followers for what, you know, like what is the the purpose and meaning of your work? Um, well, the book was great. What is, what is your favorite chapter?
1: Change the first one that we mentioned earlier. I love it. Um, it's really lighthearted. It shows my personality a bit. It's, um, very fun. Oh. I reread it and I just was laughing, like, oh my God, I remember that day like it was yesterday. It's um, hysterical.
0: I mean, the fact that you found out <laughs> you were fired by an email that they CC'd you on, yes. so <laughs> I'm like, that is the type of shit that would happen to me where they have a whole ongoing conference. She's got to go. She's got to go. And here you are. Finally, you jump in. Guys, I've been on the whole time. They're like, oh, okay, well. <laughs> your stuff's packed like see you still said, gotta go
1: yeah that, oh my gosh
0: they didn't even so apologize funny. they were like yes girl bye like they were <laughs> you're like um thanks yeah. Well, yeah okay I gotta tell you and I, you'll know the. Tra- the I want to tease this because I think this is really big you and Ryan go very very deep about something that happened in your re- your relationship what is the title of that I'm losing it Healing. Healing. That was my favorite because I could completely relate to that. Um, People need to buy the book. It's called After the Rain. Now you have a link on your Instagram because you like to support more local indie bookstores. Where do you want us to buy this?
1: So if you're in the US, I would love if you bought from bookshop.org because they support indie bookstores and we need them. Amazon has enough money. I love Amazon, but they have enough money. And with the books like that we're buying, we need to think about supporting our indie bookstores. If you are international, um, you can find where to buy international and that might be on Amazon and that's fine for you. Um so, yeah, but if you're in the U.S., bookshop.org, please. And thank you. And I don't know when this is going to air. Um, Thursday. This, when-
0: this Thursday.
1: Okay, is- so perfect timing. Um, next week, the 14th, I'll be having a virtual book launch, and I'll be in conversation with uh a really awesome woman. And we're going to be having like a mini workshop and talking about after the rain. So that can also be found at the link in my bio as well, or on alexl.com.
0: Well, Alex, I'm so thrilled that we could connect. I am so grateful for you for being on the show. The book was so good and just your continued amazing work that helps so many of us. So thank you.
1: Thank you, Sarah. I appreciate your time. Yay,
0: Alex, thank you. That was awesome. <laughs> oh my God.